0: I think. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet and pleaded with him, My daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her, so she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him.
1: A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors, and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Her breathing stopped immediately and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, Don't you see the crowd pressing against you? Yet you asked, Who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace healed from your disease.
0: While Jesus was speaking with her, messengers from the synagogue leader's house said to Jairus, your daughter has died why bother the teaching any longer the teacher any longer jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader do not be afraid just keep trusting he didn't allow anyone to follow him except peter james john and james's brother they came to the synagogue leader's house and he saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly He went in and said to them what is all this commotion commotion and crying about the child isn't dead she's only sleeping They laughed at him but he threw them all them all out then, taking the child's parents and his disciples with him, he went to the room where the child was. Taking, taking her hand, he said to her, Talith which means, young woman, get up. Suddenly, the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old, and they were shocked. He gave them all strict orders that no one should know what, would hap- what had happened, and he told them to give her something to eat.
1: For the word of God in Scripture.
0: For the word of God among us.
1: For the word of God within us. Thanks be to God.
2: As I mentioned, this is a service full of blessing. And so it is destined to not be a service full of preaching. So I'm going to preach a homily. I even wrote homily in there. Do you know that word? It basically means short sermon. We're going to try to be short. and it seemed like a perfect opportunity to, to return to a practice that we all learned from uh, Melanie Neufeld. Some of you don't know her, but um, many of us who have been here for a little while have knew Melanie. She taught us this practice of I Can Talk About. It's actually really a, a cool practice to do in a group, um, and I've sometimes utilized it in sermons. So here we go. I can talk about how Gyrus is one of the synagogue leaders' very powerful man with a lot of status in the community. I could talk about how even in the moment when his daughter is dying, he has left the house. He's left the house where his daughter is dying to go find Jesus. And so this powerful man with a lot of authority somehow thinks Jesus can make a difference. I can talk about the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years suffering under the care of many doctors and spent everything she had without getting any better and in fact getting worse. I can talk about the fact that I know that woman. And I can talk about how, as a perimenopausal woman, I'm talking about it with as many humans out there as I can, because I think we should normalize it and talk about it a little more than we have in the past. I can talk about how half the world's population knows a little something about suffering and not finding good ways forward. I can talk about how this woman who was bleeding for 12 years is also desperate, just as Jairus with his daughter was desperate, and also, like Jairus, believes that Jesus can make a difference. So I can talk about these two characters, both somehow believing Jesus can make a difference. I can talk about the difference in their approach, in the fact that the woman doesn't fall before Jesus and plead with him to help her, but sneaks up behind to touch the hem of his clothing and gets well with or without Jesus's consent. I can talk about how the first healing that this woman experienced came before she touched Jesus's cloak. I can talk about the first healing being the time that she set out from her front door and went into a crowd. Because in her community, if she was bleeding for 12 years, she was not allowed near other people. I can talk about her first healing as walking out the door into the crowd to seek her second healing. I can talk about her going out despite the barriers that were placed in front of her, right? And I can talk about the One Parish, One Prisoner team here at Seattle Mennonite. We're going to have a meeting today, and we had to read a, our module for this meeting. is all about the barriers, the barriers that are between those of us who are inside prisons and those of us who are outside prisons, and how tenacious those barriers are, how some of those barriers are external, like it's hard to get a visitor pass to go into the prison, for example, and some of those barriers are internal, and how hard it is to walk into a prison. I can talk about this woman's second healing. When she touches the hem of Jesus's cloak and her bleeding stopped immediately and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed and by healed there, of course, mean cured right because healing isn't always curing sometimes it is, but in this case there's a physical cure for her bleeding and she feels it immediately in her body. I can talk about. Jesus feeling some power go out of him, because someone has just claimed their healing through him, and him being genuinely confused and not knowing what had happened. I can talk about Jesus stopping his path and turning around so that he can find the woman who claimed her healing. I can talk about Jesus calling her daughter, And I can talk about that naming of daughter being the harbinger of her third healing in this story. The healing of her restoration to community. I can talk about Jesus making this public so that the community would know this one is no longer marginalized among you. This one is whole, she is my family, and she is yours she belongs. I can talk about three healings, getting out the door through all those barriers into the crowd, the stopping of the bleeding, and restoration to community and belonging. I can talk about the little girl being the more confusing story of the two, and about me being glad this is a homily and not a sermon so I don't have to figure out what to say. <laughs> about this little girl being raised from the dead. I'm sure I could preach a sermon about that and turn in toward it and make it happen, and I'm not gonna do it this morning, so we're just gonna let the confusion hang out there. I can talk about the fact, though, that she's 12 years old and that the woman bled for 12 years, making me wonder about the connections. I can talk about Uh, When the little girl is raised and is alive, how much it delights me that Jesus's first words are not go and sin no more or your faith has made you well or anything like that. I can talk about how much I am delighted that Jesus's first words are, can someone get this girl something to eat? (laughs) I can talk about knowing that experience as well. And finally, I can talk about really thinking about a couple of our beloved teens that I'm gonna invite up here with me soon um, and how it makes me think about like, what is, what is it that I hope for y'all out of our community? I can talk about how much I hope that, that you as youth, Take some of the best stuff of our church and our tradition, like some of the best stuff, and take it with you into your life, regardless of where your life path takes you or what role church may or may not have at various points in your journey. I hope that there are some good things here that have embedded themselves into you that you take with you and i hope you keep bringing the good stuff that's already inside you to our community and to every community of which you'll be a part your whole life long i can talk about how much i hope you hear in this story that jesus makes the powerful person stop and wait in order to take time to turn towards the one who's been marginalized by the community and bring her fully in. And I can talk about that, how much I hope you take in that less obvious healing of the woman, the healing that took place when she stepped out the door. And even though the community said, you aren't allowed here because you're bleeding, she said, I'm coming there because I'm bleeding and because I need liberation and I need healing. And the way she so bravely and courageously jumped over those boundaries in order to seek the healing she needed. And at the, at the long last, and this really is the final, 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 um, I could talk about how when ever you as an individual or we as a community are in a place of unknowing. We don't know what the next step is. Something strange has happened. Something big has happened. Um, I can talk about not underestimating the power of food. When we don't know what to do or what's next. I could talk about the power of a pot of soup and a loaf of bread or a big vat of spaghetti at Cameric with like weird utensils for eating or the power of a potluck or the power of a box of donuts or a stack of pizzas. I can talk about the power of food when we don't know what to do next to deepen relationships with one another and with the community. That's it. That's what I could talk about. Also, probably a lot more too, but I think that's enough for today's homily. So I am going to very soon... uh, Oh, and Adam, I think I'm gonna switch, if that's okay, to the...